Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of K Golasso Podcast. I'm Heath Pierce alongside Jimmy Conrad, and that means the CONCACAF talk is back. <laughs> we just got – Jimmy, Jimmy, we just got – the roster I, I know. just came out. We're going to go through it line by line of everybody in. We're going to talk about omissions. We're going to talk about people being re-added to the, to, to the camp, to the group. Uh, I'm excited. Are you? Oh, of course. I'm absolutely buzzing right now, especially because the second half of the last game of the last qualifying window where we put four up against Honduras in San Pedro Sula is still top of mind, Heath Pierce. So I'm excited about what we're going to walk into for this other one because when I look at two home games against the two bottom teams right now in the Ocho, as I like to call it, the eight teams in CONCACAF World Cup qualifying, we play Costa Rica and Jamaica at home and then away to Panama, we should get seven points. I mean, that is something that I think is realistic and not unfair to ask of this group of players. I fully agree. Now, Des, can you bring up that uh, graphic of, of the, uh, the, yeah, the, the players it. called in? Now, before we get into it as well, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, do us a favor and leave K. Golasso a rating and a review. It only takes a few seconds, and it helps us to continue to make free episodes like this. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Hit that bell so you can be notified every time these videos go out. And obviously, Jimmy and I will be with you guys uh, as oh, we go through more of this CONCACAF World Cup qualifying. Now, Jimmy... Let's talk about this roster here, starting with goalkeepers. Sean Johnson, Zach Steffen, Matt yes, Turner. Yes. No real shocks there. I don't think we need to stick on that. Is there still is, is Matt Turner still your starter at this point in time? It's a tough one because Zach Steffen technically was, let's see, I'll put air quotes up, unavailable because of mm -hmm. COVID, right? And some other quarantining restrictions or whatever it may be. He's now back playing for Man City when he gets the opportunities to, if Ederson is not available or if there's a cup game that maybe he can slide into. I still think Matt Turner's the number one. I think he's done more than enough to, to continue to get action in that spot. But we'll see. We're starting to get into, for all you old school U.S. men's national team uh, fans, the, the whole Casey Keller versus Brad Friedel situation where we have two very capable goalkeepers that can make big saves at any time. So, yeah, keep an eye on this situation. I think the team will play fine in front of them no matter what, but still, it, it's interesting. Yeah, I think uniquely with this, uh, the odd part is that you have Zach Steffen, who I believe is truly the number one in terms of talent, but then that gets weighted against with the fact of playing time, right? And mm -hmm, form mm -hmm, and all those types mm -hmm. of things. And then you talk about, um, then you talk about, uh, you know, from, from there, not just form, but uh, the way in which Greg wants to play. But we won't talk too much about uh, projected 11. We've got plenty of time for that heading into these World Cup qualifiers. So let's move on to defenders. Uh, obviously, Mark McKenzie, a uh, little bit of a dip in in playing time, gets back into this, stays into the squad. John Brooks, who I thought hasn't been uh, great um, at, at the national team level. Shaq Moore makes his way back in. Chris Richards, Jimmy, what do we think about that yeah. one? Yeah, only three caps so far. Obviously, still a Bayern Munich player, but uh, on loan to Hoffenheim again this season. I'm excited for him to get into the mix. I feel like you don't call him in unless you're going to probably play him. So I look forward to seeing which game. Greg Berhalter, or games, he elects to go with him. But it's another option for us. And all of a sudden, what's funny, about six months ago, Heath, we were thinking, man, I think 
there could be some question marks around our center backs. And now I feel like we have a plethora of options when you have Chris Richards in the mix and Miles Robinson and Mark McKenzie and mm -hmm. everybody are starting to emerge with the other more comfortable names with regard to, let's say, uh, John Anthony Brooks and Tim Ream yeah. and those types of guys. So it's pretty interesting. Also, Matt Miazga, not in this team. Reggie Cannon, not in this team. Brian Reynolds, not in this team. And those are just more options for us in depth in multiple positions across the back line. So I'm excited about this. I want to continue to see Anthony Robinson be the guy out wide left, continue to put a stamp on things. Miles Robinson in there. Excuse me, Miles Robinson in there. Now it's just really who, who plays the right right back position. And are we going to play three center backs with a wing back? When there's some options here, and I know we'll get into yeah. the starting the lineup pretty soon. Hey, and, a, and a fun fact for everyone, uh, of 26 players that were called in, 21, there were 21 different starters in the last three games. So obviously showing, as you mentioned, with Chris Richards uh, getting called in, there is a reason to bring these players in. It's not just for depth or coverage. They are going to be relied upon heavy. Obviously, two of these games are home this time around. So perhaps... Uh, and, and with travel restrictions, you might see players that don't even travel uh, away. But yeah, interesting to see Chris Richards come in. And he's been doing well in the Bundesliga. So let's move on to the midfield um, roster. Jimmy, uh, is the, do any of these uh, stand out to you? Obviously, for me, right off the top, Gianluca <laughs> Busio uh, been, has been starting in a really uh, a struggling team that's got, I think, 14 or 15 new players at Venezia. Uh, but he's been doing really well, making his his sort of uh, presence felt in the way that he played. I saw uh, very similar at times in the Gold Cup when he looked very comfortable on the ball when we started calling him the American Pirlo or somebody was calling <laughs> him that and I just jumped on it. Um, is, is there anybody from this group that, that stands out to you? Well, Busio is a pleasant surprise and, and not... And then some on, on the other hand, not that surprising because of how he's been performing with Venezia, uh, even against big teams that they're playing against in Serie A. So I'm excited to see him there. Tanner Tessman, another American at Venezia, not called into this camp. He's not getting the same types of minutes that Busio is, so I can understand why he's not in. Excited to see Yunus Musa get back into the team, especially because we'll see if he's a replacement for, for Weston McKinney. Weston McKinney maybe a surprise to some that he's back in this team, given what happened the last... World Cup qualifying uh, window, but that said, I think you got to give him a chance to totally redeem himself, to borrow a quote from Dumb and Dumber. Luca De, De La Torre is, is an interesting one for me, uh, plays at Heracles, only a couple of caps for the U.S. men's national team. He's got some components to his game that I think could help us in, in tight spots or in transition, so I'm excited to see how he plays and if he gets minutes or if he's just here for depth and to gain that experience to maybe use him later on. Everybody else, yeah, looks looks pretty straight. In, in my humble opinion, obviously no Reyna, no Pulisic. So that's going to be a big loss for us in terms of just having some guys that are pretty dynamic going forward. And there's no Conrad de la Fuente either. So that's something to throw in there, which he could probably slot into the forwards as well. So so there are a couple players that are missing that we have relied upon in the past that aren't going to be here this time around. Yeah, I fully agree. Conrad not being in there, I think is, is, is also a, a big miss for the team just because of the energy that he brought. But that also uh, switches over to our, our forward uh, lineup. And by the way, you can catch the uh, Busio interview that K. Golasso had, as well as one with Ricardo Pepe uh, on the YouTube channel, uh, K. Golasso YouTube channel. Really fun and good interviews, informative about these future stars or emerging stars for the U.S. men's national team, as well as for their club teams. Now, Jimmy, let's talk about the forwards, right? <laughs> Brendan Aronson, Paul Ariola is a new addition into this. Matthew Hoppy also back into the team. Tim Weah back into the team. Jesse Zardes back into the team. I mean, a huge rotation of players when you think about players available who was in last camp. No Josh Sargent. No um, Conrad De La Fuente, whether you consider him a midfielder or a forward. Some, some big changes in, in this lineup. 
Also, no Jordan Pifok, who scored a big goal against Manchester United in the Champions League group stages for young boys. That's a bit of a surprise. I don't know if there's some conversations with some of these players about making these trips all the way across. There might be some quarantining issues, and I look forward to hearing a little bit more from Greg Berhalter about this over the next coming hours or the next day or two as to maybe why some players weren't selected. That said, also uh, Daryl DK, a domestic player for Orlando City, obviously did well for Barnsley in the championship last year. Bit of a surprise maybe not to have him included, especially because he is such an impactful player when he gets going uh, up in the number nine spot. Giazzi Zardes, I know people either love him or hate him, but he's played 62 times for the national team. He also played for Greg Berhalter, the Columbus crew. He's got 14 goals for the national team. There's a nice relationship there, and he always does what's asked of him, and I appreciate that. He does a lot of the thankless work. So mm-hmm. I love him. I put him in the love him category, but I can understand why some people, you know, he does miss a couple chances from time to time. That said, I think he's going to be up for this and really relish this opportunity to help the team in qualifying. Ricardo Pepe, I think, is going to get the start. I really want to see him up top and maybe Matthew Hoppy off his shoulder. That could be a really dynamic duo up top, a couple of youngsters that have a lot to prove and, and have a little chip on their shoulder. Matthew Hoppy, in particular, has got some strong, strong Clint Dempsey vibes. So mm-hmm. this is an interesting team. Paul Ariola, only eight caps, and we talk about him a lot, but it seems like he should have more caps for the U.S. men's national team. Brendan Aronson, 10 caps for us, five goals in those 10 caps. I think he's an automatic starter. I think he's been playing really well and been playing well for Salzburg as well. Yeah. Jimmy, is there any uh, surprise omissions? Because when I look at this roster, I'm actually quite confident with this group, right? When you talk about energy, right? I mean, I, that's mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. theme that I just want to go back to over and over again with this national team. Of, when they are at their best, they it's all about energy. And I and I look at uh, your Matthew Hoppies. I look at, uh, you know, your Christian Roldans, guys like that, that are, you know they're going to come. And even Sebastian Legette when he came in the second mm-hmm. half, just that bit of energy and that emphasis. And and I think there's this struggle right now with these players because we have so many good players. I think it's how many different countries are they playing in? Ten, ten different there's countries? Ten, yeah, there's players from, from clubs from 10 different countries, which I think is really interesting. The average age is 24 years old, 203 days or something crazy. So not only do we have an energetic group that has a lot of diversity around Europe and, and, and uh, North and South America, but also... You've got some youngsters out there that have a lot to prove. So, yeah, I I agree with you. I think the energy is really important. Yeah, and so, you know, when I think about energy, I think about these guys come from these places. It's sort of like a work smart, not hard type of thing. They play in big clubs. They're used to having a little bit more of a a dictating a style of play or playing a way that's a little more stimulating. You know, you and I both know it was always more fun to play on a team that had a nice little build up, play out of the back. When you're a center back, you break the first line of pressure on the dribble. You kind of, uh, it's a a way more fun uh, style of play than, than banging heads all game. Uh, but now they're starting to tap into that a little bit and going, okay, yeah, this is going to be about fight. Is there anybody uh, in this group that you were surprised got in or or any surprise omissions from from this uh, roster announcement? I would say Jordan Pifok because he's already in good form up top. Josh Sargent seems a bit of a surprise. So I feel like there's a little bit more with some of those players. Either they're carrying an injury or because they're flying over from countries that are a little bit suspect in terms of you know the, the travel or whatever. From what I understand, if, if players are coming from the UK, because we have two home games, they could play in the home games, but not the one away to Panama. So I don't know what the what the thought is there. I'm actually very curious to to dig in a little bit more into Greg Berhalter's methodology and his and his ideas of, of why he selected these particular players. But I think we'll get some answers there. Daryl DK is a little bit of a surprise for me from an attacking standpoint. Even if he wasn't going to be a starter for you, could you imagine him coming on and we were tired as defenders after 65 minutes and then Daryl DK comes on? You're like, ah, oh, you'd roll your eyes like, what am I even doing with my life? I'm just going to get mm-hmm. run over by this guy. So so there's some some interesting picks there. I would say for the most part, I want to know the formation because when I look at who Costa Rica played against the first time around, 
They drew with Panama 0-0, then they lost to Mexico 1-0, and then they drew 1-1 with Jamaica. They're not scoring a lot of goals, but they're not giving up a lot of goals either. And I think they're going to be difficult to break down in this uh, first, well, they'll, they'll be our last game at home. So I guess we'll get a better look at them after the three match days. But there are a couple a couple teams in terms of he must see something. He must want to bring in a Luca De La Torre or, or somebody else to because he sees that we can have success about maybe against these specific teams in a certain way. So, so I'm kind of curious to see how we line up. I will say very quickly that when we played El Salvador in the first game of this World Cup qualifying phase, he put out a team that felt not like our best 11 at that time. It, it, we got back into it the did for 10 minutes. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> the first 10 it, minutes. That's true. The first 10 minutes were pretty good. And then, and then we kind of lost our way. We didn't really get regain control of that game and, and we survived and got a result, but still it wasn't, uh, it wasn't great. So hey, yeah, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I didn't No, No, keep going. No, but really what I wanted to say is I don't want us to put out a hopeful lineup against Jamaica because we're trying to balance out what's going to happen in the next few games. I don't care about the next two games. What I care about is getting all three points against Jamaica. And I think that type of mentality will set the tone for the other two games. But I don't want us to put out some, some lineup where, and we saw it in the first half against Honduras, where guys were playing out of position because Greg wanted or hoping that they would play well. I don't want any of that crap. Let's just get away from that crap because when he actually made changes at halftime and put guys in their best spots, we got results and scored four goals in one half. Where, where, did we take, take advantage of a tired Honduras team? Yes, we, we completely did. But we can do the same against Jamaica. We just have to put guys in their best spots to make plays. Isn't that what you do, though, in those games is you wait for your moments uh, to, to, to capitalize on that? Des, let's, let's, let's take a look at the standings right now. And, Jimmy, we'll talk about uh, the starting 11 that, we, that we'd like to see against Jamaica. And, obviously, we'll continue to bring you uh, a more honed-in 11 and thoughts going into these matches uh, as, the days, uh, as the days approach or the days leading up to, to uh, the matches. So here, here we are in the standings. Mexico sitting on top, seven points. Canada on five. U.S. on five. Panama on five. And looking way down at the bottom, uh, Jimmy, is Jamaica. And we've talked about the dangers of Jamaica, right? How they're only, one, they're only going to get better. Uh, and you don't want to catch them in that window where they have this belief that they can they can beat everyone, right? They've been bad. They've gone through a lot as, as a federation in terms of getting players in. They're trying yeah, to now yeah. take these better players and and uh, create a hodgepodge of a team without a lot of time together. And then you have these restrictions and travel and all the that stuff that you know it, it's very difficult to do. That doesn't you, you can't really undermine their efforts though, because if we're expecting the U.S. to come out and say, "Hey, make it really hard for everyone," which they did. Uh, in the second half against Honduras, and they capitalized on that with pure energy. It mm -hmm. shows you, and Jimmy, you've played against teams that are of, of lesser quality or lesser organization or whatever, and somebody that comes out and says, you know what, we're just going to work really, really hard and make your day hell. That's a hard thing at any level. I mean, I mean, do, do, you, have, do you think anything different? No, I, I, we're on the same page. These are always a grind. You're always going to get some type of fight especially in a Jamaica team that actually needs to get results in pretty much every single one of these games, because if they continue to play like they did, where they got one point out of their first three games, if they only get one point out of these next three, they're pretty much done. In my humble opinion, they'd have to go on some incredible run and didn't not lose the rest of the world cup qualifying phase to, to, to have a chance and maybe sneak forth. And, and a lot of teams are going to take points off of each other, but, but this is a really important qualifying window for Jamaica especially this first game. So I do, to your point, have a little bit of fear that they're going to come out and have this hunger that we might not have initially because we're going to feel good about us getting five points in that first window. And I just want to throw out this stat. 
because uh, U.S. Soccer sent over all these fun facts. But that five-point total from the first three games is the second-highest point total from the previous six World Cup qualifying cycles in which the United States began with two of three matches away from home. That's wild. So as much as we want to throw this doom and gloom and all that type of stuff, pretty successful window, all things considered. And Greg can lean on that stat as to yeah. you know them actually getting something positive out of it, even though it didn't feel that great until the last 45 minutes of the against Honduras. But yeah, Jamaica's going to come out. And I wonder if they're going to even lean on those players because I actually feel like they played better and fought harder when those players weren't involved. They had that one home game against Panama. They got smoked 3-0. They weren't even in that game, even with Mikel Antonio and, and whoever else was on the field. And then the game where they actually were in it a little bit when, when they had the guys that scrapped and fought and didn't have their talented Premier League players or championship-level players in the U.K. to come in, Ravel Morrison and, and, and Leon Bailey is another one that they could use. But in the game against Mexico, they were in it. Yeah, they scored on their one shot on goal. Fair play to them. But they Mexico needed an 89th-minute winner to, to, to get all three points there. And then they went down to Costa Rica and got a draw and, and fought. And so we're going to probably see that team. And if we don't, I don't, I don't know. If, I actually almost prefer the more talented players because they just don't seem as connected with the rest of the group in, yeah. in that way. And we've seen that before in the past when we were starting to bring in our European-based players and how there was a bit of a disconnect at times. Yeah, is there is there not to go through our entire lineup just for the sake of time, but is there any give me your four sure starters in this group that you think set the tone or set the impact uh, or create the impact for against this Jamaica team for the US? Well, I'd say Tyler Adams for me has got to be in the six. If if I wonder because of the success of kind of Tyler Adams playing right wing back against Honduras for most of the game. I just think he's better in the middle. Uh, Kellen Acosta, I, I, I don't know. That's interesting for me. I'll just say Tyler Adams because I love talking about this. Brendan Aronson for me is an automatic starter. Mm -hmm. I would go with Miles Robinson is probably an automatic starter. And at this point, given what I saw in his one game, his one start with the U.S. Men's National Team, I go with Ricardo Pepe being another one. John Anthony Brooks, I think he will start, but I don't feel as... I don't know if he's as much of an automatic starter. The two games that he played, he just didn't look good for yeah. the for the U.S. And and uh, not to say he can't right the ship. Forty five caps, guys, plenty of experience, one of the best defenders in the Bundesliga. But everybody goes through a dip in form at times, and we might just be suffering through that a little bit. But yeah, those are those are my four, and, and maybe some surprising choices for some people. Yeah, for me, I'm going to go with just um, Matthew Hoppy. I think he needs to be a starter just because, again, I want energy. I want chaos. Maybe you could swap him out because you've got that energy from Brendan Aronson, who I think is is your sure starter as well. I need Ricardo Pepe on the field because, again, he, he's bringing a little bit of that um, just special sauce right now that the national mm -hmm, team mm -hmm. needs is that hope in somebody that's got the form to, to take them beyond that. And then I, I agree with you, Tyler Adams. And, and oddly, that all comes down to energy for me. Even though these are home games, I still think we need to set the tone very, very early on. Jimmy, final, final thoughts? No, I'm excited for this one. And as I mentioned before, I'm just going to reiterate it. It's very important for us to get all three points in this first game to kind of set the tone for the rest of the qualifying window. I don't want us to dick around and, and play some kind of hodgepodge lineup that we're trying to put you know, square pegs and round holes, put guys in their best spots. And I think we'll go out and get the results and we need to get it because after drawing against Canada at home, our next home game has to be the full three points. Love it. Well, that is it from us. K Golasso pod continues with champions league live recaps and so on and so forth. This thing never, ever, ever stops. <laughs> it's an amazing thing, but uh, from Jimmy and I will be with you guys as we go through the CONCACAF uh, uh octagonal is octagonal uh qualifying uh as it's coming up this is the roster uh continue to send your thoughts across social media and we will try to engage with you guys there and jimmy and i will see you guys soon
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.